Thank you for joining us for Finding God in Video Games. And in today's Rewind, we're going to take a look at the worst game that I've ever played. And, and believe it or not, it's not what you think. Now, there are games that could have been great and had a few fatal flaws, like maybe Fallout 76. It had potential, just not for me. There are games that launched with the best of intentions that were simply underfunded or prematurely launched, like the poor, poor, overly ambitious Anthem, had great concepts, horribly flawed execution. But then there are these, these unfortunate abominations of all that is good. Now, I choose to believe that nobody releases a terrible video game intentionally to cause hurt, pain, and disappointment. But then I'm forced to acknowledge prosecutions exhibit A, broken, horrible games that simply hate the players, such as, you know, the splendidly awful Superman 64. And all these years later, the disappointment still remains, and I'll never be able to look at a green ring for the rest of my life without checking my watch to see how much time I have left, and spoiler alert, it's never going to be enough time. Then there's the epic horror stories of games like E.T. on the Atari system that apparently still occupy a landfill somewhere out there in the desert. There's broken monstrosities like some of the recent WWE games that had every intention of being a great game, but couldn't escape the Egyptian level of you know, plague of bugs that were contained within it. You know, people's faces clipping and, and all, just all manner of craziness in some of those. But as truly horrific as these games are, there's a different game that for me personally is absolutely the worst game. I've ever played. It's not because it possesses game-breaking bugs, or seemingly pointless level design, or demonstrates random difficulty spikes that ruin the experience. And after all of these years of playing a large variety of video games, I'm unfortunately accustomed to a lot of those disappointments. I have played garbage-filled physics disasters like Bubsy 3D. I've laughed until I cried as I experienced death after pointless death in weird games like Vampire Rain. And I've suffered alongside everyone else when trying to understand why did it take so long to make Crackdown 3 if it was just going to be terrible anyways. But as awful as those games were, they still did not achieve the distinction of the worst video game of all time for me. But before I tell you what that is, what makes a game bad? I mean, when you think of the worst game you've ever played, what sticks out to you? Is it the broken mechanics? Is it a disappointing story? Negative experiences? Is it those game-breaking bugs and glitches? Perhaps. But for me, the worst game I've ever played is heartbreaking, as it's also one of my favorite games of all time. And if you're confused, well, that was intentional. Now, I know this is going to be divisive. Truth always is. The worst video game I've personally ever played is, drumroll please, Halo 2. Now, before you spam me with negative emails and comments, let me explain. I love Halo Halo is definitely one of my favorite all-time gaming franchises. And it's not because of the whole finish the fight cliffhanger ending. I actually enjoy good cinema in a video game, and I thought that ending definitely left us wanting more. No, the reason Halo 2 is simultaneously one of my favorite games, as well as the worst game I've ever played, has nothing to do with the story. It's nothing to do with the characters, the gameplay, or any other component of the game that Bungie created. It was the worst game I ever played because of what we, as a gaming community, did with it. Before Halo 2, 
I was a naive, innocent noob when it came to the world of online games. I had very limited experience in online multiplayer, and all of my competitive interactions were typically through LAN parties you know, or split-screen setups, where the biggest offense you could really make was screen-peaking, and all the people you were playing with were typically literally in the room with you at the time. But when Halo 2 launched with its suite of multiplayer options, I, along with my group of friends, were eager to test out our skills with other fellow Halo fanatics around the world. We had no idea the disappointment that awaited us. Match after match was completely ruined by cheaters who would utilize rudimentary lag-based cheats like placing their modem in standby to disappear and then reappear behind us to unfairly kill us. Others would intentionally team kill us as well as themselves for no other reason than the amusement of trolling others, ruining competitive matches repeatedly, and we kick them off of our team we'd now be at an incredible disadvantage with our less-than-understanding opposition. And then, of course, all the offensive, abusive, hate-filled language and the screaming as many of my fellow gamers seemingly devolved into the lowest version of humanity possible. Night after night of potentially fun shared experiences with my friends would end with frustration and anger as we mourned the game that we loved being torn apart by the few who used it as a trolling Eventually, we simply moved on to another game, and we left the game that we had wanted to play in the hands of those who had ruined the experience for us. Sadly, we never looked back. When Halo 3 came out to finally repair the damage that had been done, only two of my former playing friends together returned to actually finish the fight, and I completely understood why. Bungie gave us a good game, but those who selfishly abused it ruined the game for everyone. And in life, one of the largest challenges we face is reconciling the discrepancy between knowing that our Heavenly Father only gives us good gifts and the incredibly challenging and difficult life that we end up enduring on this planet anyways. The issue isn't that God doesn't give us good gifts, but that our concept of good is often skewed by our perspective. Halo 2 was an excellent game, but my experience with it was shaped by how others abused it for their own selfish gain. They possessed the same good gift that I'd received, but they consumed it and manipulated it for selfish gratification and personal amusement. James said it best in James chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 when he said, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet, cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Many times the prayers that we pray are loaded with the best of intentions. But since we lack the foresight that the eternal God possesses, we don't fully understand the ramifications of what we're asking for. We seek to give good gifts to others and receive good gifts from God, defining goodness to the best of the abilities that our finite minds can comprehend. But regardless of our motivations or intentions, the end result of even these good gifts can often be pain and suffering when we fail to see the entirety of his will. Much as Bungie made a beautiful game that was misused by others, we are all guilty of giving our friends, family, and others things that we perceive to be good gifts that yielded unintended consequences. For example, 
I'd say when a loving parent helps their child purchase a vehicle, it's with the best of intentions. Now, that never happened for me. Um, if it happened for you, I mean, it must be nice. I think we can still be friends. I'll try, but no promises. But that, that never happened for this guy. But let's say, let's say it did. If that child is not prepared for the responsibility of driving the vehicle, the results could be disastrous and create a lot of unnecessary collateral damage. Couldn't have predicted that the result when giving the gift, no, you know, the desired outcome was totally different than that. Truth be told, if the parent knew that this was the eventual end game, they probably would have never purchased the vehicle in the first place. Our loving father knows exactly what we need, as well as what may seem good, but is potentially harmful to us in ways that we can't perceive right now. Only the one who is truly good can give a truly good gift. That's Luke 18, 19. And the Lord who knows the past, present, and future has more than just good intentions. He has a plan. And the goodness of his gifts can only be interpreted and understood through the eyes of eternity. He truly sees the pain and the struggle that we're in right now. He understands what's in our heart. But as the only completely good, omniscient, and flawless parent who's ever existed, he is the only one who knows where either that relationship we desire, or that job we're seeking, that car that we want, the money we desire. He's the only one who knows where that path will take us. My prayer today is that we all continue to lift up our request to the Lord, but we do it with the understanding that we live in a broken and fallen world that's populated by those who would seek to do us harm. Because of this, the way he answered our prayers may not make sense on this side of eternity. It's not because he doesn't want us to have good gifts. Rather, he's the only one who truly understands what a good gift is, as well as when the right time is for us to receive it. When Halo 2 was finally re-released in the Master Chief Collection, I finally got to experience the game the way it was meant to be played, free from all of the griefing and the cheating and the negative behaviors that plagued it the first time through. And that time, it was everything I hoped it would be. And no matter when or if your answer comes, the God who only gives good gifts will in due time bring all who trust in him safely to the place that he has made for us, the place that we were made for. Finish with Philippians 4, 6-8. through 8. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things.